Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I'm Krista. This is Kurt. Hi. <laughs> and we are coming to you live from my basement. Yeah. We are officially in the new studio. Yeah, we moved the timeline up just a, just a smidge. Yeah, because the cadets were going to be at the school today, and it's just like we didn't want to deal with it. Yep. So. so Jim and I ran to the school Tuesday after work and cleared it out. So we are. <laughs> it's a little sad. I took a picture of the empty studio and I sent I know. it to Kurt. And I, I got like, a little. I got a little misty eyed. Seeing like, the. It looks all sad and empty and. But it was just getting to be more of a pain than yeah. than anything, especially if the cadets are going to be there all the time. Yeah, it's year round. Yeah. So and it used to not be year round. Right. So now we are in the basement and they got it fixed up. So cute. Yeah, it's pretty cozy down here. Yeah, I love it. So this it, is. It's a work in progress. Yes. But so this is the new studio. Yeah, we're digging it. Uh. Hopefully you won't hear Lucy freaking out in the back. If you hear a dog in the back, but hopefully you don't hear ghosts. We're hoping <laughs> yeah, that you that, don't hear. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> hoping that you don't hear ghosts in the background. Nothing followed us from the school. Uh, you'll notice in the pictures I have a new coffee sponsor because Dunkin' Donuts just opened in town, and I love their breakfast sandwiches. Nice. Their, and their oh my God, good. I've, I've never heard had. Their yes, good. but I, this morning I got a sandwich and snack and bacon. Mm. I never. Heard What's of snack and bacon? It's like how you when you go to a, a McDonald's, you get fries, you get snack and bacon. Oh. It's a little side container of <laughs> bacon with maple sugar on it. Oh my! It's so good. I never. I think I've probably at some point had a donut from Dunkin', but that's their much breakfast it. sandwiches are so good. I've never had and, uh, So that's going to be my new preferred breakfast place. I think nice. my stomach's still gurgling though. We were laughing yeah, about my stomach. Yeah, loud so, today. Yeah, that's just that's just me. Uh, Anything else? Oh, should we just jump into the shout outs? Yeah, let's do shout outs. All right. Shout outs to our newest strangers. And those are, I'm not just really sure how to pronounce this last name. It's B-O-N-C-Z. So I think it's Bonds. I'm going to say Bonds. Okay. Paul Bonds, Brian Lowe, Angela Kaplan, who is a friend of mine that I have known since I believe kindergarten. Wow. I think I had a crush on her like around <laughs> second or third grade. So that sounds that's coming, up, coming out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Had a crush on you in second or third grade, Angie. Uh, Kalina Gray and Brett Rice or Reese. R-I-S-S-E. I'm going to guess it's mm, Reese. Okay. And I want to give a special shout out to my friend Beth Hovonic. She's not in The Strangers yet. But she listens to the podcast. She's an artist and she does amazing artwork. And what she does is that she's into the armchair treasure hunts like I am. So she does uh, artwork and she makes treasure hunts. She has oh, one going on really right now cool. where 12 places around the country, she had rocks hidden that she painted. And if you found the rock, you would get a prize. And uh, she did paintings and made poems to give people hints to where they were. Kind of like the secret. Exactly like the that secret. So it was cool. called the secret red herring, I think. It was, it was like based on the secret. So yeah, and, and people are finding them and stuff. And it's That's just, really yeah, neat. and she's just so sweet and awesome. So Beth, I'm so happy. She messaged me one day out of the blue that when she's painting, she listens to the podcast. Oh, how nice. So that's awesome. So thank What's you up, so Beth? much, Beth. Very cool. So thank you so much, New Strangers. 
and house cam. <laughs> wow. That was my, that sounded like a squatch. It did. Uh, <laughs> I just pulled a pile of Sasquatch hair yeah. out of my pocket and I think I distracted Kurt while he was talking. Do we have any housekeeping? Um, well, we have some pretty big housekeeping. Yeah, we do have some pretty big housekeeping. We are quitting the show. No, just, <laughs> just yes, kidding. This is the last episode. We moved into we moved my moved basement. into your basement for the last episode. <laughs> Seems a little dramatic. Um, so we have, after thoughtful consideration, decided to split from Old School Media. So for those of you who don't know, Old School Media is the little podcast thing I started with Jeff and Joe from Paranormal Palaver. And the idea was to have multiple podcasts underneath this like sort of um, umbrella umbrella company. Um, but Kurt and I have been doing this thing on our own for four years now, and we just really want to own it ourselves completely. So I talked to Jeff and Joe, and they were like, uh, yeah, we were surprised you haven't done this already. <laughs> <laughs> so it's bittersweet. I mean, it is, because I'm, I always think of us as old school. I know. <laughs> you know. Well, and without Jeff and Joe and old school media, this would not exist. I know. We but it's not like have... we're done with them. I want. Oh, no, no, I no, no, desperately no. want to have them all back on the show. Yeah. And it's I'm just, still it's gonna, just, I'll yeah. still be part of old school media. Yeah. But the strain sessions yeah. is going to be mine and Kurt's. But with everybody's work completely. schedules, it's hard getting yeah. everybody to be able to do this. Yeah. You know, so yeah, they're definitely going to still be on the show. I would love to have both of them on the show. Yeah, to have I told like them a season five, they need to a round come. table, like an yeah. old old school round table. That'd be fun. So, so yeah, and other stuff. Oh, what 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 am I forgetting? Possibly a Patreon. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So and and this is kind of all part of it. We we wanted to be able to move forward, making decisions about things on our own that only impacted us and nobody else. So that was another factor into the whole us going kind of on our own. But yeah, we're talking about a Patreon finally and content that we think would be fun for people. Yeah, nothing that we do now is going behind a lock. Nothing is getting... Right. We're still going to be doing this same schedule that we are doing and these are all still going to be available. It's yep. not going to be that, oh, all of a sudden you get maybe one episode a month and the rest are behind. Yeah. No, it's not going to be like that. Not at all. We don't even exactly know what we're going to be doing yet. No, we have some ideas. Um, Some people have suggested just recording ourselves. (laughs) I think this is crazy. Just recording ourselves talking for like before we start recording and after. Because people like to hear us just chat. Yeah. So the people that are really into the banter at the beginning might might like that. Yeah. Um, And someone else on... On the strangers, and we can't I, remember I, exactly. I, I, it if it was Jeremy Josh. or Josh, I don't. Yeah. I think it might have been Jeremy. But Jeff from Old School Media also suggested this because a podcast he listens to, I believe, does the same thing, where they watch a movie and record themselves reacting to the movie. Yeah. So basically, and then you can watch. the Yeah. Movie so Krista and I would watch us. a movie and. We would have the sound down so you couldn't hear the movie, but we would have like earbuds in and we would be talking to each other while we're watching the movie, kind of like Mystery Science Theater, you know, talking about the movie, (laughs) what's going on in the movie. And then you guys would watch the movie and sync it with us. So it would be like you're watching the movie with us, which is a really cool idea. And I'm thinking this would be like, you could do like five bucks a month or something like, yeah or it, even like a dollar it's a gonna month. be nothing extravagant yeah no no, no no and maybe we'll have like a special t-shirt made just for patreon yeah people stuff like that we are thinking that one of our first movies we're gonna do is gonna be the exorcist because i've never seen it mm-hmm. i haven't seen it in probably 20 years so it so. would be like watching the movie with me for the first time yeah and we thought that was just kind of a cool idea yeah totally yeah and so. i think brian young would be very happy Yes, he Good would. job on their um, episode, Did you by like the it? way. I, yeah, I liked it. Was it was really... I, I, I loved Neil and John. Yeah. They were both so cool. Yeah, really have, cool. Yeah, and I, of course, love Brian and Lauren. Yeah. But it was just They're a blast awesome. doing that one. Yeah, it was fun. 
I had to correct Kurt on my breathing story, though. Yeah. He he thought he was in the basement. So, For some reason, I always think I was in the basement. I yeah. I get that mixed up with something else because there was that one time where they thought they heard me come pounding I up the steps. Nobody I came up that. the steps. Yes, that, so yeah. <laughs> we're talking about something nobody has any idea. But one of the one of the <laughs> things that's, that it's pretty much par for the course yeah, with our exactly. podcast. Um, <laughs> one of the investigations we did at Elsing's secondhand shop. Kurt was in the basement. I think Barry was down there with you too. You yes. guys had, were sleeping in the basement. Yes. And like Rhonda, Mark, myself, and Vicky, and I don't remember who all else was all at that particular investigation, but we, a bunch of us were sleeping, quote unquote, sleeping up in the main <laughs> floor, and we all heard very distinctly someone come up the stairs, not even in a quiet way, and then nobody came into the room. Like the stairs are right there in the room we were sleeping, and there was nobody. Like we heard someone come up the stairs, and nobody appeared. It was really strange. I forgot all about that. I mean, that. but we've done like over a dozen yeah so everything kind of slept every, there. yeah and everything kind of mixes together totally. in my head of what happened when yeah. but we kurt was talking about the story where i had someone or something or whatever breathing in my ear and he thought he was in the basement but i would not have let you do that because we had some intense stuff that happened that night that we were really freaked out about yes that and was I that night in the back have, room of the basement when yes. we did not feel good i would have not have slept up there by myself no <laughs> so. i would have i would <laughs> I don't even know if Vicky was there. She no, no, no. It there. was just you and I in okay, the building that night. that's what I thought. I, I wasn't and I sure. And pr- I swear to God, it was not me coming up and breathing in your no. ear while you were sleeping. No, because when I looked over, you were like 10 feet away from me. I think we were on cops. See, I, I still thought I was downstairs. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you were totally upstairs. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember kind of where we were sleeping, but I, I don't remember you waking up. I must have been conked out. Yeah. No, I wasn't even... I hadn't, hadn't even fallen asleep yet when that had happened, so... Yeah, and I just laid there. I didn't like freak out or anything. I mean, inwardly I was freaking out, but I wasn't gonna wake you up. Laying in the in the like the toy room was never a really good idea because there were puppets hanging there and like marionettes <laughs> hanging there, and it's like <laughs> I don't really want to sleep with those. No. Uh, we also got a nice email. I would like to read. Oh yeah, a newish. Stranger. Not an email. It was a, it was a direct message. A direct message Facebook. from Athena Roth. I love that name. I Athena. Do too. That's so I do too. cool. And she wrote and said, hello, I love the podcast. I am a part of the Washington Hikers and Climbers group. It just says Washing, so I'm assuming that's Washington. Yeah. Yeah. It says, I am a part of the Washing Hikers and Climbers group, and someone posted about a creepy experience while hiking. The thread took off, and now there are over 1,000 comments on there with stories. I thought of our strangers group and that everyone would love it, but I don't know how to share a group post to another group. I'm not that Facebook savvy. Apologies. Let me know of any tips. Thought you all would like it. And I don't know if you can do that or not. Yeah, I don't know either. Because Facebook's weird. I'm the last person. Yeah, you Facebook's ask weird. About that stuff. <laughs> so she says, "Here's one of my favorite comments under the post," and she responds to a question that she still won't go back there, and that the sound was so clear. Thanks for all you both do. Love the podcast. And the story is, in 1995-ish, I was dating my now husband, and we backpacked up Stayakin. And Chelan. Chelan, I think, is a mountain range. Yeah. They backpacked up at Stakin on Chelan. Chelan. My husband was dead asleep, and I was lying in the tent listening to the wind blowing in the trees, but in the wind I could hear distinct children's voices, like a school playground. I didn't want to wake my then-boyfriend up because we were just dating, and I didn't want him to think I was crazy. (laughs) I never forgot about that, and years later I heard about a school bus crash. Decades earlier into the lake where many young children lost their lives. Wow. So that's creepy. Yeah, that is really creepy. I think anytime you hear children's voices, that's just creepy. And then I Unless wrote, they're actual children. 
I wrote back and asked her if it was okay if we used that story on or her email on yeah. the, the mm-hmm. podcast. And she wrote back and said, of course, thank you. Please share and using my name is fine. And let me add this. I listen to a bunch of paranormal podcasts and yours is my favorite because of that friendship you share with us. It just feels like a conversation you are part of. It's really unique and I am so glad to have found it. Yours is special and I hope you both you both know it. Aww. Best, Athena. Yeah, that was really sweet. That is so sweet. So thank you so much, Athena. That kind of feedback just like, I don't know, gives me I know. feels. I know. It's good stuff. Like I said, I don't like blowing our own horn, but you and I do have something yeah. that I notice a lot of podcasts don't. Chemistry. I have like a hard time talking today and I don't know what my deal (laughs) is. Is it the change of scenery? (laughs) It's not the change. I'm still looking at you with a wall in the background. That's true, I guess. So it's still, but I just have a hard time talking today. No, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But yeah, we we have something like I don't know. I don't know what makes us It's just a natural chemistry and comfort that we have with each other. Yeah, because it's not like we haven't known each other forever and... Well. slept in haunted places together right <laughs> you know? that'll bond you yeah that'll bond you <laughs> so thank you so much for the sweet message athena yeah that was really really sweet do we have any other housekeeping let's only open two packages today do you want to do yes but let's only open two and we'll save two for next time because cool. we got a bunch of packages in the yeah, mail we did and we have a taste test to do too let's and, not and forget our we, taste i test. think the envelope one that we got is going to be another taste test okay um, what am I asking? I don't know. Is it just the normal, what should Kurt think about today or what does the universe Let's want? Let's see. Is Kurt there anything going on in the news right now? No. It was a pretty <laughs> slow week. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty much boring, you know. <laughs> Ask me about how our new studio is going to go, how it's going to okay. go in our new studio. Sweet. I think the, oh, so anyone, while I'm shuffling, any Hellier fans out there, the team is back together and I don't know if anybody follows them on social media but they are uh definitely filming some stuff right now i don't know if it's like a new hellier or a new season or if they're doing another documentary but i'm super excited to see i need to doing. watch that and they did a um road trip on route 66 and stopped nice. at a bunch of haunted that's locations. awesome yep and i also wanted to mention real quick if you're not watching eli roth's history of horror you should be. I don't have cable so anymore. Good. Okay. Well, anybody out there who has cable, you should be watching it. Um, last week was about witches, and Blair Witch was the first nice. one they talked about. <laughs> awesome. And when Stephen King said he had to shut it off halfway through because he was too freaked out to finish it. That's that's impressive. <laughs> yes. So they interview like Stephen King, Rob Zombie, like all kinds of directors and actors who've been in these movies that are on there talking about the movie they're talking about, but they also talk about other movies yeah. too. So it's really, really cool. I'll have to see if I can find that somewhere. Okay. This is the Nine of Cups. Nine of Cups. Yep. How is our studio going to be to us? Cups are usually good, but I'm still learning, obviously. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, posted... Was it Nan Gardner posted something about tarot and I had yeah. to ask a bunch of questions because yep. I had yep. no idea what she was talking about. It's a good card. Okay. At last, the card of wishes comes true. When the nine of cups appears, worries and fears will be cast away. A new phase of peace and harmony awaits. The world seems to be granting your every wish. Good health, happiness, and even material gains are heading your way. I like Enjoy. it. So that kind of fits. Well, and also I just think, I also think that... um. The new studio, peace and harmony. We're not dealing with yes. a bunch of loud, noisy people. Yes. I'm more comfortable here. Obviously, it's my house. Yeah. 
But we're not, I'm not constantly looking to see, did somebody just pull in? Yeah. Oh, was that the door? Is somebody yeah. here now? Am I yep. going to run into somebody in the hall? Yep. Like, we don't have any of that to worry about anymore. So I think that's part of it. Oh, that card is an awesome sign. Yeah. I'm you know what's weird is that this that. week, this week and last week, more than ever before, I've had synchronicities like crazy. Really? Where I am t- the, the kind where I am doing something on my computer and somebody on TV like directly references what you're what yeah. you're doing or what you're looking yeah. at or whatever. Just like the the one that happened like yesterday morning, I had signed up enrolled for the Dunkin' Donuts app. Okay, you know for my phone, and you're I had all a, in on Dunkin'. I had a, I had to go on email, so I went to the email to verify and stuff, and I'm staring at the screen, and it just says Dunkin' Donuts in big letters, and a newscaster on TV said Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. the same exact time I was looking at that, and yeah. it's like it wasn't even a commercial; it was the newscaster saying it. We've had a couple of strangers post about synchronicities yeah. too. I love that. That that is such. But a... this week has been crazy with the synchronicities between what I am typing at the time or looking at and somebody on TV saying exactly what I'm looking at. That's awesome. Yep. So I that, love that, that people cool. are really paying attention now yeah. too. Yep. I think people who didn't pay attention before are paying attention now, and I just I think that's awesome. Okay, okay well, I'm gonna give you this gift. This was my cousin Stephanie listens to the show. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. And. Her her children Taylor and Addison okay. got us something okay. for the new studio. Mm-hmm. Corey Corey dropped it off last night. I just took a picture. <laughs> oh, <laughs> couldn't figure out what you were doing. So Corey dropped it off yesterday and gave it to us. Asher actually gave it to me. My nephew. Cute. He's getting like I haven't seen them in a while because of the COVID stuff. Kids and, that age And go when fast, they pulled right? up, I was talking to him and Corey, and then Asher said something, and I was like, "Your voice has totally changed." <laughs> How like, old is he? He's. I want to say he's 11 or 12. Okay. So he's he's at that age. That age. Where, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Voice is but start I was changing. just floored that it was like, oh my God. Me. Like, yeah. Like, it just was weird. And, and it's sweet and sad. It's like, oh, they're growing up. Know. You know. It's also a reminder of the times. Yeah. That we're not spending as much time with people that no, we're used I to. No. I know. I know. I just want all this to be done. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, Taylor and Addison got this for us to put in the new studio because okay. I guess they listen too. So thank you so much, Taylor and Addison. That's sweet. And you're going to love this. Okay. I I'm think ready. I'm guessing this is for you. That's for me. Does it have a theme? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's, oh my god it is a bigfoot search kit and it's like an old school, school metal lunchbox, lunchbox old school metal lunchbox with a bigfoot on the front that is amazing <laughs> isn't that Come cool on. it's suggested items there's suggested items on the front lint roller breadcrumbs <laughs> <laughs> scissors flashlight od bigfoot and low-res camera those are od bigfoot is that like bigfoot pheromones i guess that's a thing that exists I'm opening it. Wait, I should take a picture of this. Okay, That's this so is so. Cool. This is so cool. Thank and you guys. and I think they just thought that would be perfect in the new studio, yeah. like on the shelf. Yes. Oh, thank you guys so much. This is so cute. I'm taking some photos. I haven't seen an old school metal lunchbox, metal lunchbox like this in so long. Okay. Oh, look at. <laughs> it's got hide and seek world champion magnet in here this is and so like awesome some stickers some bigfoot stickers here do you want to look at that this is so cool wow we're so spoiled you people i love you oh, are these like little coasters they are coasters that's cool cherokee north carolina bigfoot and this one says Great Smoky Mountains Bigfoot. This is cool. These are really cool. We should just use these. We totally should. Oh. I, people, 
You're just awesome. I feel like I don't deserve you. <laughs> oh, this is the research kit. It's a little box. Membership card? <laughs> That's so cool. It has, includes what you need to find Bigfoot. Stickers, membership card, evidence flags, booklet, awesome. magnifier, and scat bags. <laughs> and more. <laughs> Krista was really excited, was excited about, about the, the scat, scat bags. <laughs> okay, we'll open that later because yeah. I think we're running over. But yeah, this I, is awesome. I can't even like, I just yeah. can't even. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you so much, you the guys. The fact that people like see stuff and think yes. of us and buy it or go looking for stuff just blows my mind. So oh. I think we'll do, I, I believe this other package is a, something to eat. At least it sounds like it is. So okay. we'll try that other package okay. and then we'll maybe do two quick taste tests. <sighs> this is amazing. I can't wait to get bookshelves down here so we can display all this cool stuff. But for now, it's going right there. <laughs> it sounds it. foodish. Do we know who this is from? I don't think so. We're going to oh, open. We have two bummer. more packages that, in the big Amazon boxes, but we're going to open those next time. Okay. Well, and it comes right from Prime. So yep. I'm always like, how do we thank somebody if we don't know who it came from? They'll but, let us know, I'm okay. sure. All right. Well, that wasn't too bad. I'm getting better at You are getting opening. much better at being the package opener. Oh, what's happening here? Oh. <laughs> Whoever this is hates us. Wow. <laughs> they sent us three, three boxes of, of good and plenties. plenties. <laughs> I suppose we have to eat them now. Yes, we do. Oh, fine. <laughs> Thanks. Is some it of Corey? My, Did some, Corey do that? Some of my students actually love these. I, th- yeah, because we were cool. talking about them in was class. It Jeremy or Ritter or Josh, somebody came on and was like, "I love good employees." Yeah, some people do. Maybe they're not as bad as I remember oh, them. Um, Coleman, I think, likes yes. them too. And the other taste test? Should oh I just my. pick one from here? Yeah. Can it be that what we eat after this? Because yes, <laughs> I'm gonna need to cleanse my palate. Grape? How about this? This chocolate? is from Let's Melissa. See. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're gonna like this one. Krista it is. Says yes to chocolate. This the second one we're gonna try is grapefruit ginger dark chocolate. Oh, ooh, I yeah. love ginger. Okay, okay. Maybe the good and plenties aren't as horrible as I remember them. They are. <laughs> I think um, packaging for like specialty chocolate has gotten so pretty. Mm, yeah, it has. It's like, gotten like really, really artistic. Okay. How many of these do you want, Kurt? Give me two. Can I have a half? Give me two. Who bought us the good and plenties? Oh, they just smell bad. Oh, your stomach. Wow. Yeah. It's it's an anticipation. It's in fear of the good and plenty. Oh, God, that was way too many. <laughs> Here, I'm going to give you some of these. There's a good and oh, plenty explosion. <laughs> okay. Do, are, do they taste different? Or are they like, they're purple and white. I'm yeah. guessing they all taste like garbage. Garbage? <laughs> <laughs> like hot, hot garbage. They look like pills. They look, yeah, they look like pills. Ugh. Okay, ready? Ready. Okay, that's not as bad. Mm. Oh, yeah, but uh, no. It's so strong. As it goes on, it gets worse. Like like the candy coating is better. Yeah. But once that's gone, it's just Suckville. I, okay, the texture's good. I oh. like chewy. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be a glass half full person. <laughs> they're not as horrible as I remember, no, but they're, they're not still as- disgusting. <laughs> Once the coating melts away, it gets gross. But then, yeah. then it gets okay oh. again. Yeah, it, see? It's, it's when the coating is melting away that it's so gross. Oh, yeah. That's a nope for me. Honestly? 
I mean, it's better than I remember. I haven't had these since I was a kid because I tasted them. I'm going to give like, them a no. six because they're not that bad. My stomach is just like crazy. going crazy today. Uh, they're not that bad. The aftertaste isn't bad, no, actually. It's, they're better than I remember. The the chewing experience, like as you're eating, it's not great. No. But the aftertaste is better yeah. for some reason. Weird. I'm going to give them a six. They're not that horrible. I wouldn't go out of my way to buy them. But if I was home and kind of was... Well, now was, you don't have to. <laughs> no, if I was home and craving candy and I didn't have anything, I would actually eat a couple of them. I would not. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving it a five just okay. because it's not as gross as I remember. I'm giving it a six <laughs> because it's not as gross as I remember. That's high, that's high praise, I guess. Okay. Ready? Ready. I'm opening the... What I assume will be delicious grapefruit ginger. You know, we could always next season shift some. And this isn't too dark. That 55%. We could shift some of this to the end of the episode so people get to the episode topic topic faster. faster. Maybe we'll think about that when we have our corporate meeting. (laughs) So like after we stop recording. Well, yeah, once we stop, once we text each other. I'm really struggling. Here. I was so glad you got, you brought the pickle puck. Yeah, we can't leave pickle puck behind. He's sort of like our mascot. (laughs) It sort of is. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Okay. Ginger is one of those things that I'm weird about. Like, oh, I love I some love ginger, ginger ales. Some ginger ales I don't. I love ginger in, like, Asian food. I love crystallized, like, candied ginger. I love ginger tea. Ready? Huh? Whoa. <laughs> oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. This chocolate has a totally different texture than I was expecting. Mm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I really like the grapefruit. Mm-hmm. I don't get a ton of ginger. Oh, it's on the back end. Ginger can have a little bit of a bite to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this I like is this. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Kurt drops them on the floor. I got it. I we have it. ants. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I get the ginger almost through like my nose. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. It's delicious. I'm gonna give that a nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine too. Actually, it's really good. Mm. Okay. Mm. Wow. We're on 28 minutes. Are you serious? We had a lot to talk about. All right. Sorry this one ran a little bit longer. Our, our titillating 20 became almost a throbbing 30. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the no. only thing I could think of. Okay. I was going to say thirsty 30, but oh. they're both weirdly Weird. inappropriate. So. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. we had some business to talk about, so it went a little longer than usual. But we're going to jump right into the main topic, which is... Krista should have brought it to this episode. She was doing this one. <laughs> no? Uh, it's remote viewing. Remote viewing ended up being kind of not as exciting as I oh, thought really? it was going to be, but then it's also a little weirder than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. So this one was kind of an interesting one to research because I knew I knew a bit about it. Yeah, I know a little bit. Yeah. Just like how... Uh, never mind. Yeah. You, you'll, get, okay. you'll get to that. You'll <laughs> you get just curted yourself. I did. I curted myself. So remote viewing in its simplest terms basically means psychic spying. It's using talented psychics to sketch, describe, or to follow long distance targets from half the world away without risking capture or any kind of danger. It's one of those things like MK Ultra, where it seems like a really unbelievable story, but the government did use, and some people believe still use, remote viewers. And that's the thing about this is that, you know, when people hear about MK Ultra, they're like, oh, that never happened. Yeah, it did. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's verified that it happened. And it's the same with remote viewing. There's there's documents on the CIA website that I actually went to and was reading. Okay. 
The idea behind remote viewing is not new. Even going back to the dawn of man, some researchers believe that there is evidence that early man might have had the power to remote view, citing things like similar-looking pyramids in completely different parts of the world, or sketching planetary alignments and star systems that otherwise should not have been known. A lot of time this is attributed to the whole ancient aliens phenomena, but some people believe that it's an example of early remote viewing. Early spiritual and occult literature use the word telesthesia. It's like anesthesia. Anesthesia. (laughs) That's one of those words that I can... Yes, that's one of those words that I can say unless I'm thinking about how to say it and then I completely blow it. But it's telesthesia. To describe the... (laughs) To describe the concept of perceiving something from a distance by using something other than the known senses, and it shows up in literature with the term traveling clairvoyance. Noted paranormal and parapsychology writer Rosemary Ellen Guiley described it as, quote, seeing remote or hidden objects clairvoyantly with the inner eye or in alleged out-of-body travel. But we are going to be focusing more on the recent age of remote viewing, the origins of which can be traced back, like a lot of other things, to those infamous bad guys, the Nazis. When the Nazis were defeated and their documents were confiscated, it was discovered that the Nazi higher-ups had an intense fascination with all things paranormal and occult. Nazi SS officers ransacked libraries, churches, and schools throughout Europe in an attempt to find hidden or obscure mystical texts, and Reich leader Heinrich Himmler had troops searching for items like the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, and the Spear of Destiny, which was said to be the spear that pierced Jesus Christ on the cross, and which would give immense power to the person that was holding it. We we really are going to have an episode on the Nazis at some point, because the Nazi stuff, like the stuff that tie-ins with Nazis Mm -hmm. and the paranormal is like really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when it was discovered that the Nazis were looking into the occult and psychic phenomena to give them an otherworldly advantage, our government, of course, was like, uh, maybe we should be looking into this stuff too. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Uh, Not just as a means of enhancing our capabilities, but also to protect against other countries using these items or these psychic powers against us. Then, in the 1960s, a woman named Nina Kulagina, I think it's Kulagina. Nina Kulagina showed up on. <laughs> That's just a funny name. Nina, Nina, Nina Kulagina. Kul- <laughs> it's Russian, so I'd, <laughs> I'm it's guessing. It's funny how it rhymes. Nina Kulagina. I'm hoping it's Gina, not Gina. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> then in the 1960s, a woman named Nina Kulagina. No, I'm all screwed up. A woman named Kula. A woman named Nina Kulagina showed up on Russian television with the ability to move objects with her mind, and it was said that she could concentrate on someone and stop their heart from beating. (laughs) Krista just was what? Most scientists around the world thought that her skills were staged and were nothing more than magic tricks, but it spooked the government enough to start to worry about a potential, quote, ESP gap between us and other countries. So we really started to look into the military using psychic powers. According to an article on davidmorehouse.com called, quote, A Brief History of Remote Viewing, David Morehouse is, one, is somebody that claims to have, been, have worked as a remote viewer. Okay. And his website I actually went to for a lot of stuff. It was actually pretty good. His website says, quote, Late in 1972, CIA scientist Sidney Gottlieb, chief of the Technical Services Division, procured a rather large monetary endowment to initiate the research project that began it all. If the Soviets and the others were as heavily involved in this research as was being reported, then the national security of the United States could be in jeopardy. 
Probably the simple notion that this eerie capability might really be out there and the possibility that we could do it as well almost certainly drove the CIA's decision process. We'll hear more about CIA scientist Sidney Gottlieb when we discuss MKUltra, because he's a kind of a big figure with MKUltra. But with this huge monetary windfall to research this kind of stuff, remote viewing was one of the big ones that was going to be looked into. Stanford Research Institute International, or SRI, in Palo Alto, California, was where the remote viewing program got its start as two laser scientists working at SRI, Russell Targ and Harold Pudoff, were picked to lead the remote viewing study which would later be known as Project Stargate. While several people were handpicked by Targ and Pudoff to be tested, studied, and experimented on, there were two candidates that really stood out. The first one was a man named Ingo Swan. Ingo Swan was born in Colorado in 1933 and claimed to be a psychic. Swan is a super interesting person. Maybe we'll have a mini mystery about him at some point because he's been involved in a lot of interesting psychic experiments. But when Swan was called to come to SRI, they tested his psychokinetic powers. According to an article on the UK's Psy Encyclopedia website, quote, When he arrived at SRI, he was tested for PK at a nearby laboratory. In this experiment, he attempted to influence, by means of mental imagery, the stable magnetic field of a supercooled Josephson junction within a quark detector, an apparatus designed to detect subatomic particles. Thank you for explaining what that is. <laughs> no problem. This equipment was physically inaccessible, being encased in aluminum and copper enclosures and buried deep in concrete. During Swan's visualizations, significant variations were recorded in the output of the apparatus that could not be explained by everyday phenomena such as vibrations of passing traffic or Swan making any movements. Swan was able to stop the output completely for 45 seconds, a feat almost impossible to explain without resorting to collusion involving those controlling the experiment. Hmm. So if, if assuming that they it's all on the up and up, up and up that yeah. he stopped this thing that should not have been able to be stopped. Mm. In another test run in 1972, Swan's out-of-body remote viewing skills were tested. I was going to write down the website that I got this at because it just says according to ad at later date. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, website. Um. Uh, quote, in 1972, in the newsletter of the American Society for Psychical Research, or the ASPR, their director of research, Carlos Osis, described his personal controlled out-of-body experiment with Swan. The targets that Swan was attempting to describe and illustrate were on a shelf two feet from the ceiling and several feet above Swan's head. Swan sat alone in the chamber with wires from electrodes fastened to his head running through the wall behind him. Swan sat just beneath the target tray. He was given a clipboard to use for sketching what was on the, the shelf. And uh, psychological scales were developed for rating the quality and clarity by Swan of his out-of-body vision, which varied from time to time. The results were evaluated by blind judging. A psychologist was asked to match up Swan's responses without knowing what targets they were meant for. She matched all eight sessions. Osis stressed the odds about Swan being this correct were about 40,000 to one. So, so, is he, so he's claiming that he's not just getting a psychic no it's like an out of body he's like, actually going yes up. like an astral projection okay. yeah as targ and pudoff worked with swan they realized that he had incredible remote viewing and psychic powers and swan was then bumped up to help them lead the remote viewing project so he went in to get mm -hmm. tested and he was so good that they they're like hey you want a job middle upper management 
The second candidate that really stood out was the polarizing character, Yuri Geller. Do you know anything about Yuri Geller? Mm-hmm. Born in Tel Aviv in 1946, the Israeli-British Geller is still well known today for a certain bit of magic. You don't know what Yuri Geller is known for? Mm-mm. Bending spoons with his mind. Oh. Okay, now that's yeah. familiar. Geller, yes. started, Geller started out as a nightclub entertainer in Israel, incorporating some magic in his nightclub comedy routine. As Geller's magic act became more and more well-known, he started to get some attention here in the States, and by the early 1970s, Geller was very well-known in the United States. He came to the States and was interviewed and examined by parapsychologists, some of whom proclaimed him as the real deal, a true psychic. According to Wikipedia, the parapsychologist Andrea Puherik met Geller in 1970 and endorsed him as a 100% genuine psychic, claiming that Geller, <laughs> that Geller teleported his dog through the walls of his home. I don't know. Okay. Under hypnosis, Geller said that he had been sent to Earth by extraterrestrials from a spaceship that was docked 53,000 light years away. It was so, docked. It was docked, it was docked. I was going to talk a lot more about Geller in this episode, but I'm going to save it for a mini mystery okay. because Geller is actually a super fascinating topic too. Mm. Uh, pretty much... Uh, it's pretty much given that he was, everything was sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah. As all magic. Yeah. There's a really fascinating story about him going on the Johnny Carson show, but we will, we'll talk about that when okay. I talk about Yuri Geller. We'll get to that later, Kurt. We'll get to that in the <laughs> next couple seasons at some point. Back to remote viewing. In August of 1973, Targ and Pudhoff brought Geller into SRI to be tested. Uh, and there's a, there's actually a video on YouTube where you can see him being tested. Okay. And it's very, like, I don't, you didn't watch, did you watch Lost? Um, I watched all but the last season, because that's what okay, I do. Okay, but you got to the part where they're watching, like, the Dharma initiatives, like, film strips from the 70s. Oh, that's so long ago. But this this is what these videos look like. They look like, almost okay. like the Dharma initiative videos, because they're, like, from the 70s, and they're they're testing his, his psychic powers and stuff. And they're really fascinating. So if I remember, I will put a link to the video of him being tested. According to Wikipedia, quote, the experimenters concluded that Geller had demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and unambiguous manner. In writing about the same study in a 1974 article published in the journal Nature, they concluded that he had performed successfully enough to warrant further serious study, coining the term, quote, Geller effect, to refer to that particular type of ability that they felt he had demonstrated. Hmm. So people continued to be tested at SRI and a few other places. A small group was also working on this at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. The guy who was running this group had a secretary named Rosemary Smith who believed that she also had psychic powers. In 1976, they were contacted by some higher-ups. According to a 2017 article on the Task and Purpose website called, quote, Five True Stories About the Military's Paranormal Activity Research, the article goes on to say, quote, A small operation was run out of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. Its chief employed a secretary, Rosemary Smith, who believed she had psychic powers. It was a very small budget program because most people thought it was bananas, (laughs) investigative journalist Andy Jacobson says. That changed in times of emergency, like in 1976, when the remote viewing team was given a whopper of a mission. A Soviet bomber had gone down in the jungles of Africa, and the CIA and military intelligence had used every intelligence means possible to try to find this downed plane, from satellite technology to signal intelligence to human intelligence, and they had absolutely nothing, Jacobson says. With nothing to lose, the military contacted the remote viewing operation at Patterson, 
and they put the secretary, Rosemary Smith, on the job, and she was able to draw maps that pinpointed where this aircraft was within a few miles, Jacobson says. The cable was sent to the CIA, and the CIA sent a paramilitary team out into the jungle, and near the area where Rosemary Smith said it would be, they saw a villager carrying a piece of aircraft out of the jungle, and that led them straight to the crashed plane. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, and it was the secretary. It wasn't even like really somebody that was being tested. It was an earth-shattering event, Jacobson says. A psychic was able to produce actionable intelligence that no one else could. A man named David Morehouse claims to also have worked on hundreds of remote viewing operations and wrote the 2000 book, quote, Psychic Warrior, inside the CIA's Stargate program, the true story of a soldier's espionage and awakening. On his website, David Morehouse says, quote, According to Ingo Swan, he was tasked by the CIA to train others in the art and science of remote viewing. Men who he claimed were bizarre in their manner and mechanistic and cold in their approach to learning remote viewing. In a sense, they were there for the training and then they were gone, never to be seen or heard from again. I use this as one evidence that other remote viewing elements existed in the government intelligence agencies. I cannot accept in any way the idea that only one remote viewing program existed. This would go against all philosophies and practices within the military and government intelligence agencies to never put all of their eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Who would spend tens of millions of dollars on a program that existed in one place and only had one life to live? I assure you, nobody in the intelligence community. Recognizing the potential for controversy and public ridicule if it was ever discovered, the CIA did what it has always done, distance itself in word and deed from the project. There is an old adage in the community that I continually struggled with, saying, quote, always keep someone between you and the potential problem. Problem. <laughs> problem. <laughs> Shush. Therefore, the project or most likely projects were handed off to the Defense Intelligence Agency or the DIA under the program code under the program code name Grill Flame. That was that was the, the program name Grill Flame. Grill Flame. Yeah. Okay. Like Burger King. It is assumed that the other programs continue to thrive under the oversight and administration of other military services and intelligence agencies. However, the Army's program, which was originally begun as a counterintelligence effort, was allegedly doing so well that its mission then morphed into something else. The original mission was to evaluate through reverse engineering how vulnerable to psychic spine U.S. intelligence agencies and their secrets were. This was done to such a degree of accuracy that the Department of Defense and Army officials decided to change the emphasis from assessing our, our vulnerabilities to actively collecting intelligence information against America's Cold War adversaries. So now they basically transition from studying remote viewing to protect ourselves from mm-hmm. it to specifically using remote viewing to spy our, on our enemies. Now which, it's like a weapon. Yeah, which does not surprise me at all. No. You know, I, I'm guessing that I'm guessing that was what we they can. were out for from the beginning sure. was, you know, they're like, oh, no, no, we're just learning this so we can protect ourselves uh-huh, or somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now it's being controlled by the Defense Intelligence Agency. In 1978, a top-secret army unit was formed at Fort Meade, Maryland, and the remote viewing program from SRI was moved there to a nondescript, ordinary-looking house. And there's pictures of this. on. It looks like a cabin, like somebody's cabin up north or something. It's just like a really plain, but this was like their top-secret remote viewing headquarters. It wasn't until 1991 that we learned a lot about this period of remote viewing, which ultimately became known as the Stargate Project. According to a July 28, 2017 article on Medium.com called, quote, What the Hell is Project Stargate? I love that title. 
You know what's funny? Side note, where I work, we have like a special top secret. Um, is it called Stargate? It's called Stargate. <laughs> and serious? I'm guessing that that's where this is from. Are you a remote viewer? Do you, do you remote view at work? No. Kurt's chugging his coffee oh. right now. Is it like cold? Yeah, but I'm cool with that. <laughs> I like iced coffee. I don't like cold like coffee. Like lukewarm coffee? Yeah, that's yeah. gross. So where was I here? According to a July 28th, two south. I'm just going to go right into the quote. (laughs) Quote, the Stargate project was the code name for a secret U.S. Army unit established in 1978 at Fort Meade, Maryland by the Defense Intelligence Agency and SRI International, a California contractor, to investigate the potential for psychic phenomena in military and domestic intelligence applications. The project and its precursors and later projects went by various code names such as Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, Center Lane, Sunstreak, and Scanate until 1991 when they were consolidated and rechristened as, quote, the Stargate Project. And again, this was definitely a thing. In 2017, the CIA declassified millions of pages of documents, and among those documents were several pertaining to the Stargate project. It's weird going to the CIA site and yeah. reading like actual documents about stuff that they've about yeah. And I'll get into I'll get into one later, but there's like a a transcript of like one of these, and it's just so weird to go to the actual CIA site right and and, and read this stuff yeah. Among the neat things found in the official CIA documents are definitions of things like psychoenergenetics, psychoenergenetics, which refers to, quote, a mental process by which an individual perceives, communicates with, and or perturbs characteristics of a designated target, person, or event remote in space and or time from that individual. Like, they actually, the CIA actually like coined this like mm-hmm. this is i mean this is legit that they checked this stuff out psycho psychoenergetics according to the document uh the operations management consisted of an activity chief a senior intelligence officer three operational remote viewers an intelligence technician and a secretary they defined remote viewing in the official document as quote accessing information without the use of the normal five senses information from other people logical deductions, or direct connective implementation of electronic or other such devices. They called it a talent which is inherent to every human being to some degree, probably being a vestigial... Vestigial? Vestigial. That sounds right. Yeah, probably being a vegetable... Vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) Probably being a vestigial form of self-preservation, largely ignored in today's societal setting, and through pop... I'm going to start all over with this. They also said that remote viewing was, and this is a direct quote, it is a talent which is inherent to every human being to some degree. It's probably a vestigial form of self-preservation. It's largely ignored in today's societal setting, and through proper training, it can be developed to any person's individual potential. Hmm. We also learned that there were two different methods that were used, ERV and CRV. ERV stood for Extended Remote Viewing, which was developed by a remote viewer named Joseph McMonagall. ERV consisted of physical relaxation, reduction of physical arousal, increase of internal feelings and images, right brain functioning, and achieving an altered view of reality. And CRV stood for Coordinate Remote Viewing, which was thought to be more precise. CRV was actually developed by Ingo Swan. 
The remote viewer doing a CRV session was given a set of coordinates and told to focus on those coordinates. An article on the FireDoc site written by someone named Gene or Kincaid, because they call themselves both, gives an idea of what sessions were like. And this is assuming that this guy is legit, because mm-hmm. you never know. Right. He says, quote, The short and sweet of it is that RV is the ability for an individual to access signals and images from objects and people from great distances and over large spans of time, both past and future. These images are received through a series of methods, which may vary from individual to individual, but arrive in the form of pieces of information, which must be reformed and clarified with the help of the viewer and other assistants or monitors, which comprise the remote viewing team. Images received are mental in nature, no holograms or empty space, no holograms in empty space and no chalk mysteriously hanging in midair while writing messages on the blackboard. Because these images are mental in nature, they are susceptible to personal beliefs, prejudices, and other outside influences. These external-slash-internal factors can usually be recognized by the trained viewer or the other members of the RV team and either further clarified or discounted during the actual RV session. So it's not just, you know, it's almost not just the viewer is like, I see this, I see this. The viewer is saying what they see, and the other people that are in the room are are helping interpret helping interpret what they're seeing i i never thought so i always thought it was just you see what's happening in the moment i didn't know there's it's time yeah yeah we'll get into some of that too i've never heard that yeah we'll get into some of that in the coming up in the but it's 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 really fascinating Hmm. so going back to this article this kincaid wrote he says quote ideally a room has been specially prepared for the session in the best of all possible worlds, this room will be completely dark, have a bed or comfortable sofa on one side of the room, and some distance away, as far as possible, a small table with a very weak red lamplight. Steps should be taken to ensure only a minimum amount of outside interference, because this can impact the session, including outside noise and air pollution. Sound deadening material can solve the sound issue, and a good ion generator can help remove pollutants from the room so the air is as pure as possible. Nothing spoils a session more than a hearty sneeze on the part of the monitor or the viewer. The viewer is escorted into the room and allowed to become comfortable on the sofa or bed. To some viewers, this means crawling under a warm blanket or extra pillows or a few <laughs> a few minutes of making the lumps fit just right. This the, sounds nice. Yeah, so it does. Far. <laughs> it, sounds, it does sound kind of nice. Try kinda, <laughs> the lights are turned off except for the very dim red lamp on the table across the room. At this table, the monitor sits with a small writing tablet and a ballpoint pen to take notes with only the dim red light to assist in note-taking. Why red? I don't know. Is it the most least intrusive? That's my guess. That's my guess. The monitor can barely see the viewer, so he or she must rely on listening to the viewer's breathing to determine when they are ready for the session to begin. The viewer, now completely comfortable on the better sofa, begins a learned process of relaxation resulting in what is called an altered state. Essentially, what occurs is the viewer, after perhaps a month of training, learns to put their logical mind in a state of suspended function in which this portion of the mind now is charged with just keeping the heart beating, blood circulating, and fluids running through the body, all that yucky stuff. This portion of the mind is normally a strict taskmaster which guides our everyday life by telling us what is right and what is wrong, what is logical and what is illogical, and using this moral and character compass it controls how we react to any given situation. Sounds like meditation. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what this is. Quieting your It's like mind. deep meditation. No yeah. matter how, 
No matter how hot it is, we do not strip down naked and jump into the fountain in front of the White House. It is just not acceptable, and therefore our nice logical and moral mind forbids us from doing this, even if we would like to do just that. When you put this side of your mind to rest and take away its authority, another part of your mind, the little boy slash little girl side takes over, and that's like the id. That's like Mm -hmm. talking about the id ego and super ego. This is the side of the mind that said it's okay to jump off the barn roof with a pillow for a parachute. It's okay to run down the street with nothing on but a football helmet and a soup spoon. I have no idea what that, I have no idea what that means. It's also the same side of the mind that does not understand that it is impossible to go visit the inner sanctums of the Kremlin while never leaving the bed or sofa. You know, it's very right hemisphere, left hemisphere, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like id, ego. But like you said, this is like basically very deep meditation. meditation. Yeah. The side of the mind that knows this is possible is now asleep. If control of the mind is now in the hands of something that does not have limitations, then the possibilities are limitless. Following the darkroom portion of the session, we could put the viewer at the table, turn on the lights, and hand them lots of blank paper and a few sharpened pencils. The purpose was to capture those stray images which were now bleeding over into the tyrannical, logical mind. Images were still floating around the viewer's mind, and this would be the final effort to quantify those images into something that could be added to the verbal images provided by the viewers during the darkroom session. So the viewers are basically just lying there saying what saying they're seeing. Saying what they're seeing. Okay. Like saying what they're seeing, and then the monitor by the red lamp is writing what they're saying. And then when it's done, the, they analyze the, it. the remote viewer gets up and writes down like any last images it sees floating before the side, the logical side of the mind shuts it off. Okay. Makes sense. Yep, it does. It actually kind of does make yeah. sense. Mm. I kind of want to try it. Im- images were still floating around the viewer's mind, and this would be the final effort to quantify those images into something that could be added to the verbal images provided by the viewers during the session. They were not prompted or cued during the drawing phase, and some of the artwork, quote unquote, artwork, re- amounted a little more than curved lines, swirls, peaks, etc., much like you would see in the early stages of CRV ideograms. Often, however, there were nuggets of immeasurable worth in their scribblings, which which neither I nor the viewer were aware of at that time. I saw a viewer make an unbelievably accurate profile of the stealth F-117 fighter about five years before the public or us knew anything about it. Ironically, that drawing resulted in a bit of a problem for us when it became known to the Air Force. They reminded us in no uncertain terms that we were not to view their airplanes anymore and that we had to turn over all of our records pertaining to those sessions. And of course, we had to sign the debriefing statements, noting that if we ever told anyone, we, we would probably wind up being the first targets of the stealth bomber when it reached production. Already then. <laughs> Asked if there were any negative side effects, Kincaid said, quote, the viewer using ERV techniques tended to become pretty disoriented for a while after the session. As a monitor, one of the first things I would do after a session when the lights got turned on was to take the viewer by the arm to prevent them from falling or walking into walls or closed doors. They would appear to be okay and even spoke fairly well, but you could just see it in their eyes. Both sides of their brain were still fighting it out for control, and in the interim, things looked Things like arms and legs just weren't all that coordinated. We used to call this residual effect zonking, Z-O-N-K-I-N-G, and it's very common. Without it, as a monitor, I tended to question how deep the viewer actually went during the session. Yes, I sadly must admit that some of our viewers faked it. Not always, but sometimes when they just couldn't get on target, they could not admit it to me or themselves that they were not able to do it, and I would get an hour's worth of drivel. Mm. There was a dark side to residual zonking, however. A viewer would often find themselves flashing back to the target for as long as two or three hours after a session. 
they would be sitting in their office speaking on the phone and all of a sudden you could see a far off look in their eyes and they would become almost catatonic. That, that creeps me out. Totally. It usually only lasted a minute or two, except with the young rookie viewers who felt the need to pursue these flashbacks as an adjunct to the actual session. We officially discourage this. If they pursued it, they could lapse right back into a mega zonk. So they're zonking and <laughs> then a great, me- you don't want to be in a great, mega zonk. No, a mega zonk sounds like <laughs> So uh, he said you, if they pursued it, they could lapse right back into a mega zonk. Well, imagine being behind the wheel of a car when you mega zonk. Not good. So in 1984, knowledge of the program began to get out because reporter Jack Anderson wrote about it, and it wasn't received too well by the public. In 1985, the Army stopped funding the program, but it was then fully transferred to the DIA, and it had been renamed Project Sunstreak. In 1991, the contracting for the program was given from the SRI to the Science Applications International Corporation, or the SAIC, where it was given its final name, which was the Stargate Project. In 1995, it was then transferred back to the CIA, who studied the results they'd gotten so far. Ray Hyman, one of the panel reviewing the program, said, quote, quote, psychologists such as myself who study subjective validation find nothing striking or surprising in the reported matching of reports against targets in the Stargate data. The overwhelming amount of data generated by the viewers is vague, general, and way off target. The few apparent hits are just what we would expect if nothing other than reasonable guessing and subjective validation are operating. So basically they said it's not really helping. Mm -hmm. A later report by the American Institute for Research also came to a negative conclusion saying, quote, Other evaluators, two psychologists from AIR, assessed the potential intelligence-gathering usefulness of remote viewing. They concluded that the alleged psychic technique was of dubious value and lacked the concreteness and reliability necessary for it to be used as a basis for making decisions or taking military action. The final report found, quote, reasons to suspect that in, quote, some well-publicized cases of dramatic hits, the remote viewers might have had substantially more background information than might otherwise have been apparent. So they might have known more than they let on. Okay. How, how though? Uh, it's, it's probably, I can't think of what the name of it is now, but it's the thing where, uh, this is driving me nuts because I can't remember the name of this, but it's when somebody testing something wants the results so badly oh, yeah. like they might even unconsciously be giving the person yeah i know what you're saying you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. the information they're they need them yes them they're feeding them they might have been unconsciously or even consciously feeding yeah. them because they're getting all this money to do this stuff and they probably want to keep the money coming in mm-hmm. so i mean who knows how up and up how on the up and up everything was mm-hmm. you know According to Wikipedia, based upon the collected findings, which recommended a higher level of critical research and tighter controls, the CIA terminated the $20 million project, citing a lack of documented evidence that the project had any value to the intelligence community at all. Time magazine stated in 1995 that there were three full-time psychics still working on a $500,000 a year budget out of Fort Meade, Maryland. That's a good yearly budget. That's a chunk of money. Yeah. So the program was then terminated. In 2017, the CIA declassified and published the Stargate documentation. Hmm. So that's all there on the CIA. I'll probably put links to that, that you can read these documents. So, I mean, this was a thing. They tried this, and of course, some people say that 
they were super successful with it and they didn't want us to know that they were super, mm-hmm. that, oh yeah, we're just going to shut that down when they didn't shut it down. And there's people that are convinced they're still doing it today, like even more advanced than they were back then. Right. But for all intents and purposes, it was closed in uh, 1995. I would think if they saw any accuracy out of it at all, they would keep doing it. Yeah. And there's there's re- reports, but I, I can never verify how accurate they are, but there's mm-hmm. reports of them... Uh, like the Iran hostage situation in the late 70s, there was one remote viewer who said that he described like where they were, described what this one described. They said they're going to be releasing this this guy. He's got he's got MS and his name has something to do with a deck of cards. And I don't know what that means, but his name. And then a couple weeks later, they released a, a hostage that had MS and his name was like Richard Queen or mm. something like that. Hmm. But I don't know accurate. if that's this guy just saying that. I mean, is there, I, don't, I couldn't find like prior documentation right. that that happened. You can say anything now because you have the knowledge. Of yeah. That. One of the most polarizing figures to come out of the remote viewing thing was Major Ed Dames. Ed Dames is a three-time decorated military intelligence officer who, from 1979 to 1983, served as a scientific and technical intelligence officer in the remote viewing program. In 1982, Ingo Swan developed his CRV, or Coordinate Remote Viewing Technique, and the Army sent Ed Dames and five other remote viewers to Swan to learn and test the technique. Dames later created a new version of remote viewing called TRV, or Technical Remote Viewing. According to Dames' own website, quote, the results exceeded all expectations, even those of Swan. In six months, Major Dame's teammates were producing psychically derived data with more consistency and accuracy than had ever been seen in similar intelligence projects, even using the best natural psychics. In late 1983, the team parted company with Swan. As the new operations and training officer for the unit, Dames took this breakthrough skill, dubbed coordinate remote viewing, and began a new phase of research, testing and evaluating in order to both uncover its true capabilities and to perfect its application to fit crucial intelligence collection needs. Major Dames retired from the U.S. Army in 1991 and began a full-time effort to advance remote viewing technology and to create teams of professional civilian remote viewers to work on complex projects. In order to bring this invaluable knowledge to the public, Major Dames held remote viewing workshops around the country in an effort to build a base of vocationally oriented remote viewers. Remote viewing training through live workshops was exploding in popularity, but the number of people desiring to learn this declassified protocol still far exceeded available workshop space. As a result, Major Ed Dames eventually released the long-awaited groundbreaking Learn Remote Viewing course on DVD in order to reach thousands of new students globally. The Learn Remote Viewing course is now the most advanced RV training program in the world, incorporating over 20 years of evolved post-military operational knowledge. The training course utilizes the natural interactive menu system to provide a structured, comfortably paced training environment with an effective mix of training targets, lectures, and feedback. So... He's, he's selling the stuff. I was going to say. Uh, his four DVD remote viewing course is available for $299.99. Or how many easy payments of what? If, like four. It was like four easy. <laughs> but it's on sale right now for $149.99. Call now. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for Krista. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're going to pay for it. You got a couch down here? You yeah, put a red lamp. Totally put a red lamp that. over there. It's and a bed I can, right there. It's a king size bed we <laughs> can put down. That you, I can be the mon- you know, monitor. To, yeah, I can to, get a red light. <laughs> Uh, his four DVD course, two hundred ninety nine ninety nine, but it's on sale right now for one forty nine ninety nine. Other, it's a pretty good deal. Other packages, and this is where I was like, nope. I'm like, 
sketchy. Other packages include, quote, remote viewing the lottery, remote oh, viewing boy. sports betting, and remote viewing the financial market. Come on. <laughs> so, but one of the things that Ed Dames is most famous for is known as the kill shot. When Dames was running remote viewing sessions, he decided to push the remote viewers more and more, asking them to run sessions where they remotely viewed the moon, Mars, Atlantis, and the future. Atlantis. According to Ed Dames' own website, quote, what is the kill shot? During the top secret remote viewing RV, CIA, and U.S. Army research program, trained viewers that were normally tasked with foreseeing the outcome of war-related events began picking up on a future occurrence that appeared to mark a dramatic shift in global life. At first, these viewers, along with Major Ed Dames, the program's senior operator and training officer, had feared that their subconscious was foreseeing nuclear war. It turns out after years of remote viewing sessions, the event is in fact a series of solar flares that are so devastating to the Earth it may cause the death of billions and change life on Earth as we know it. This is known as the kill shot. Normally, one might not take such a warning seriously, but what sets this prediction apart from others is that remote viewers have a track record of being amazingly accurate regarding, regarding globally recognized disasters and events. In fact, there are many predictions that were announced on national radio and TV programs that have already accurately come to pass with unprecedented accuracy, including the tragic disaster in Japan, a mysterious crop fungus, uh, the, predict, the predicted Indonesian 9.0 earthquake, and more. But knowing what's coming over the horizon is only the first step. Learning how to prepare and protect yourself and loved ones from the kill shot comes next. For that reason, people have been learning remote viewing to locate their personal sanctuary locations, foresee smaller near-term events, and become involved with optimal investments before time runs out. So, hmm. you know, a lot of people are freaked out by his kill shot prediction. And that's hmm. the series of solar flares that is going to devastate the world. When is this supposed to happen? But when Dames first revealed it, it was supposed to happen oh. <laughs> sometime between 2011 and 2013, which is interesting because smack dab in the middle of that is 2012, which is when the world was going to end. Mind so it's calendar. like, was he, yeah. was he preying on Riding people's... Riding the coattails exactly. of the was he Was he preying on people's fears of, of yeah. 2012? You know, of course, that time came and went, and Dames said his, estim his estimations must have been a little off, and it was postponed <laughs> into the near future. A lot of people who are really into this stuff say that the kill shot is actually going to happen in 2024. Oh, okay. I'm surprised it wasn't this year. The way right, I'm going. No kidding. Uh, a lot of the sections on Dame's remote viewing message board are locked or members only, but in one of the threads that is open, a user posted this on January 28th of this year. The user said, quote, I remember hearing Ed talk years ago about a pandemic which precedes the global economic collapse and then the kill shot. Should we be worried about the coronavirus or is this just another overhyped viral threat? So it is interesting that he talked about a pandemic and mm. then a financial ruin and then the kill shot. I'm not going to worry about solar flares. Okay. <laughs> okay. If it's going to happen, we can't do anything no. about it. And Ed Dames, uh, he's been on Coast to Coast a okay. lot. So you can find like you can find interviews with him. And he's on YouTube uh, and all that stuff. So in a March 17th, 2020 promo for Coast to Coast, he says, quote, I predicted this pandemic years ago on Coast to Coast. He stated along with a global economic collapse coming on the heels of it. The virus has yet to run its course, he added, and there will likely be mass deaths in America as this disease cannot be quarantined. 
The pandemic is a good, quote, practice exercise for Americans to become more self-sufficient, as he predicts things will be far worse when the kill shot or a monstrous solar flare hits and the grid goes down. He foresees the current pandemic lasting around nine months with millions dying, martial law enforced, and the 2020 election postponed. So what are the solar flares supposed to do? Just take down the grid? It's going to take down the grid. It's going to affect the radiation that people are going to die from radiation. It's going to be a a bad solar flare would be bad. Right. We the grid going down in winter would not be a good thing. People not being able to heat their places. Fireplace. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, Krista's Krista's okay. Actually, it doesn't give off. Krista's okay with the kill shot apparently. But he predicted that the election was going to be postponed. And it hasn't, I think. It's sure dragging out, It's dragging though. out, but I don't think the election itself was postponed. No. But the stuff about lasting nine months, and this was in March, so that's we're right around the time with millions dying, martial law enforced, not yet, not yet. but <laughs> becoming. No, the coronavirus is bad in yeah. Wisconsin right now, though. So I mean, was, is, is, he, is he on? Is he legit or is he know. not legit? Dames also shared a final tip he used to recover from a recent bout of pneumonia. 20 drops of oil of oregano placed in a gallon of water and drunk each day to fend off invasive microbes. Okay. So, yeah. I feel like there's... Pandemics aren't an uncommon thing. No. Neither are natural disasters. I think that... But there's a lot of people that that use this to say that he's on the up and up and there is a kill shot coming that Mm -hmm. is going to mess us up and that these remote viewers back in the 80s and 90s saw this. Hmm. Well... And then, lastly, we have a bizarre document that was declassified and is posted on the CIA website. If this was posted anywhere else, I wouldn't even bring it up, but it is on the CIA website. The document is titled, quote, Mars Exploration, May 22, 1984. In the document, an unknown remote viewer, and the remote viewer is known now. It was that Joe McMonagall that I mentioned earlier. In the document, an unknown remote viewer is given a sealed envelope and told not to open it, but to rather apparently have his unconscious mind remote view the contents of the envelope. Then the remote viewer is given a set of coordinates and then starts to remote view it. He doesn't know it, but the paper inside the envelope says the words, quote, the planet Mars, time of interest approximately 1 million years BC. So the coordinates the viewer was given were for Mars and not Earth. You know, like they gave him this envelope and didn't tell him what was in it mm-hmm. and said, here are these coordinates. And Thinking the envelope said Mars. Yeah. Yeah. The envelope said it's actually Mars 1 million years BC. It's a long time ago. So the session starts and there are some really interesting things that are said. According to the CIA document, this is some of the dialogue from that session. The subject says, I'm seeing, uh, it's like a perception of a shadow of people, very tall, thin. It's only a shadow. It's, it's, it's as if they were there and they're not there or not there anymore. The monitor says, go back to a period of time when they are there. The subjects or the, 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 uh, the subject viewer. is the viewer. The subject says, um, it's like I get a lot of static on a line and everything. It's breaking up all the time. Very fragmentary pieces. The monitor says, just report the data. Don't try to put things together. Just report the raw data. And the subject says, I keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, but they're very large, wearing some kind of strange clothes. Then later, and at this point, they don't know it's Mars. Like, neither of the two know it's Mars. Like, the guy doing running it doesn't know it's Mars. Then later, subject says, I see pyramids. I can't tell if it's overlay or not because they're different. Monitor Okay, do these pyramids have insides and outsides? Subject says, yes, they have both, and they're huge. It's really, uh, it's an interesting perception I'm getting. 
And then the subject goes on to say, they're like shelters from storms. The monitor says, these structures you're seeing? And the subject says, yes, they're designed for that. And the monitor says, all right, go inside one of these and find some activity to tell me about. The subject says, different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like a strictly functional place for sleeping, or that's not a good word. Hibernation, some form. I can't, I can't get real raw input. Storms, savage storms, and sleeping through storms. Monitor says, tell me about the ones who sleep through the storms. The remote viewer says, uh, very tall again, very large people, but they're thin. They look thin because of their height and they dress in, oh hell, it's like a real light silk, but it's not f like a flowing kind of clothing. It's like cut to fit. The monitor says, move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. The remote viewer waits a little bit and then he says, they're ancient people. They're, uh, they're dying. It's past their time or age. And the monitor says, tell me about this. The viewer says, they're very philosophic about it. They're looking for uh, a way to survive and they just can't. And then 40 minutes go by. And the subject says, it can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. So they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return or something coming with the answer. The monitor says, what is it they're waiting for? And the subject says, there uh, evidently was a group or a party of them that went to find a new place to live. It's like I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment. It's failing very rapidly, and this group went somewhere, like a long way to find another place to live. The monitor says, what was the cause of the atmospheric disturbance or the environmental disturbance? Subject says, I see a picture of a, a picture of a, like, oh, hell. It's almost like a warp in, oh, God, this is difficult. It's like going, let's see. And the monitor says, just focus on the raw data. Subject says, okay, I get a globe. It's like a globe that goes through a comet's tail or through a river or something. It's all very cosmic. It's like space pictures. The monitor says, all right, now before you leave this individual, ask him if there is any way that you can help him in any way in his present predicament. The subject says, all I get is that they must just wait. He doesn't know who I am. He thinks that I'm a hallucination or something. The monitor says, okay, when the others left, these people are waiting. When the others left, how did they go? The viewer says, I got an impression of a, uh, I don't know what the hell it is. It looks like the inside of a large boat, very rounded walls and shiny metal. The monitor says, go along with them on their journey and find out where it is that they are going. The subject says, I have an impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange plants, a very volatile place. It seems much like going from the frying pan right into the fire. The difference is that there seems to be a lot of veg vegetation where the other place did not have it and like different kinds of storms. So that's that's from that session. It's interesting because it's such a common theory about why aliens might visit us is that they've exhausted yeah. their resources but, and they want to harvest yeah. ours. My thing, and this is just me, uh, is uh, that's almost exactly like the 70s Battlestar Galactica. Mm. You know, like they left their planet because their planet was dying or whatever and they ended up coming and the planet they ended up coming to was earth and at the end where he's like oh it's an impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange plants it almost sounds like like they came to earth mm -hmm. you know and it's just really really like reminiscent of battlestar galactica and what year was this 1984 okay. and that was out like in the 70s yeah but this is on the cia website so this was a legitimate remote viewing session it's really interesting it is really I mean, interesting I was kind of that, like engrossed in what you were describing yeah, but, but that but the whole setup where it's a million years bc and they're leaving mars to go someplace else and it sounds like the place they come to is almost earth it's kind of it's just are a little they our ancestor it's 
possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little, it's, it's hokey, but mm-hmm. it's there on the CIA website. So, so I don't know. According to a March 20th, 2017 article on Slate called, quote, A Martian State of Mind, the remote viewer ended up being a man named Joseph McMonagall. The article says, quote, Hoping to better understand McMonagall's experiences, I tracked down his home phone number and called him. Initially skeptical, he warmed to my questions when I brought up the CIA's version of this viewing session. They shouldn't have had that, McMonagall told me. He said that his visit to Mars had been requested not by the CIA, but by an individual who he declined to name from the Army. At the time, McMonagall, and this is all pertaining to this document, because that's what he's talking to McMonagall about. Okay. At the time, McMonagall said that he was at the Virginia-based Monroe Institute, a nonprofit institution dedicated to the study of altered consciousness. On the day in question, he was napping in the Institute's black box, a one-foot-thick, totally shielded containment room that has a shielded door used in remote viewing experiments. He said that Robert Monroe, the Institute's director and the unnamed monitor from the document, woke him and handed him the sealed envelope before leading him through the session. As he tells it, neither he nor Monroe had any idea that he was being asked to examine extraterrestrial sites. He said, quote, neither of us knew what we were working on. Our assumption at the time was that I was working on targets on Earth, he told me. This left him especially confused about the pyramids he claimed to perceive since, as he said, I was never familiar with any pyramids on Earth that had such large rooms inside them. But then, on the other hand, according to Wikipedia, quote, McMonagall's future predictions included the passing of a teenager's right-to-work bill, a new religion without the emphasis of Christianity, more like a science of the soul, a vaccine for AIDS, a movement to eliminate television, and a temporary tattoo craze that would replace the wearing of clothing, all of which were supposedly to take place between 2002 and 2006. I'm so, sorry, wait, what? A temporary We'd ta- all wear temporary tattoos instead, instead of, of clothing. That was one of his predictions. Okay. So, was that a wish? Was he like wishful uh, so thinking? So is, is, I don't know. You know, and he said those were his future it's predictions. So, so does that make the whole Mars thing? Like, does that just point out that it's just wonky? A hoax. A hoax. It sounds like Battlestar Galactica. You know, I mean, he's describing very quintessential that era. What yeah. a spaceship would sound like, yeah. you know. But it's just like that last paragraph where he's talking about the new planet they go to. It's like they should say, ding, 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 this is Earth. You know, so, uh, but there's a lot of people that are super interested in that document about Mars that that put a lot of weight in that Mm. Mars remote viewing trip. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of this became inspiration for both the book and the film, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Mm. And I've never seen it. I I really want to see it because... Yes, because I know that that's... There is a... And they're fainting goats. Yeah, but they're saying that they're killing the goats with their mind. You know, but the men who who stare at goats book takes this more seriously, but people were mad because the movie is like really kind of making fun. Yeah, it's like poking fun of it where the book, The Men Who Stare at Goats, is more... This stuff is real, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff. So getting to the end here, there, are, I, I was super surprised that there are a lot of places online or courses where you can learn to do remote viewing. I didn't realize that so many people are attempting this or are, are actively doing this these days. Uh, it's actually kind of creepy. If you there's message boards it. you go to where people post pictures behind links and those are the ones you're supposed to remote view in order to like work on. Like one okay. of them, I actually just tried a little bit. I was like, you know, relaxed in my chair when I was researching this and I'm focusing on that picture and I'm like, I kind of see a waterfall. I kind of see a waterfall mm-hmm. and I clicked on the picture and it was onions. <laughs> 
Well, they do make your eyes water. Maybe your <laughs> eyes' do. tears are like the water. Okay. But yeah, there's message boards where people are like religiously working on this. And, you know, they have a night that they all get together and try to remote view each other and stuff. And it's weird because I, I never, I to me, this was always a thing in the past, but I never realized that there's people that, and it is. I mean, like the picture thing was kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of fun. That's almost like a psychic thing. Yeah, it is. But then that's people are talking about is. what they, how they do it. And a lot of people use that binaural, binaural. Yeah, binaural beats. And I don't, that's like a no-no for me. Like that freaks me creepy. out. That freaks me out. I you know, that's where creepy, you have to listen through earbuds. Yeah. And it has like one side, it. one side has like different frequencies mm-hmm. and it like makes you, there's ones that supposedly make you feel happier mm-hmm. and there's ones that make it, that's just like, that's a like big no. Nope. It does freak me out too. And I've That's never a big nope for me because that's like a mind totally it's a mind like control thing, mind control of. thing so that's a big nope for me but a lot they use that in order to sync their minds up and they try to contact each other mm-hmm. and then they have like group remote viewing sessions where they they're trying to see like who wins the election and stuff like that and it's just so bizarre to me that that there's people doing this all the time so it's, it's just, a scary thought because if somebody actually could learn to do it, they could watch you and there'd be no way oh to yeah, hide yeah, from Oh, yeah, definitely. That. You couldn't Def- hide from that. No, you can't because they're remote, they're out of body remote viewing you. Ugh. So it's weird. That's unnerving. It's very unnerving. Like this whole, like I said, this one ended up being not as weird as I thought. And in some ways it was more weird than I kind of expected, mm-hmm. you know? Hmm. So yeah, and I want to end this with a quote that I kind of liked. It's a quote from Ingo Swan, who was one of the founders and, and best psychics from the remote viewing thing. And his quote is, people fill in the unknown with what fits with their known. Mm. And I think that's a cool quote. It's, and it's so true. So there you go. That is remote There's viewing. No theories? No. Well, the, the two theories are it's either, <laughs> it's real or it's it's either bunk or it's not bunk. So what do you think? Do you think it's real or? I honestly never, this is, I'm surprised that I didn't even think about doing theories or what I really think about it. I'm so surprised. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's so hard because some of the stuff I read where they're like, oh, we, we figured out who this hostage was going to be that Mm -hmm. was released. It's like, I don't see prior like weeks before that, somebody saying, oh, I see this, mm-hmm. you know, it's only after the fact that, oh, we totally figured out who right. this was going to be. Uh, I think if you believe even a little bit in the possibility of like psychic, psychics, yeah. you have to believe a little bit yeah. in the possibility of remote viewing. And you have to believe that the military would try to get a group of these people in Absolutely. order to go spy on, looks, yeah. you know, there's, there's really interesting drawings online that these, you know, I think Yuri Geller did one where the... The target picture the the monitor had was grapes, mm-hmm. and then you can see your Erie Geller's uh, drawing is all circles together, and it looks like grapes. Mm. You know, so there's there's, but he's also like a notorious faker. Yeah, you know, so there's just like I don't know. I've seen some really some really good pictures and and documentation that this stuff happened, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to fully say that this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I I feel like I you and I have sort of a weird psychic connection. Psychic yeah, connection. we do. And I know people who I trust yeah. who have had the same connection with other people. Yeah. So to me that's that's just like a small taste of yeah. what is possible. Yeah. But and the I thing is think, you get enough of those people together yeah. and have them concentrate on something, could they do this? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. Maybe. 
I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to say no because yeah. I don't. I, I do believe in psychics. I think that they're probably more rare than. Yeah. Although there's a part of me that thinks, do we all have that capability? I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's like from early man. It was like a survival mechanism that we kind of didn't need anymore, so it stopped being used. Right. You know, and I think it is something that can be trained to be brought out. And I think yeah. a lot of it involves altered states of consciousness, yes. uh, meditation, and that's all stuff that I don't want to get into because I don't it's like that. Freaky. You know, so I think it's I, definitely possible. I think it's definitely possible. I think the people in the message boards doing it, not so much, but I think you get a military regiment of people that sure. can do this i think they could do it all the money in the world yeah to yeah to, to pick the like, to pick this, the best psychics yeah. i totally think that's a thing that and they come did up with the best methods and i could and totally see them getting really good with it and being like oh no we shut that down because it wasn't mm-hmm. you wink, know wink. yeah so <laughs> i i think it could be a thing but i can't go a hundred i can't go fully on board and commit to it yeah, the the idea of the military using it is less creepy than normal people using it oh, yeah. just to spy on people. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want anyone watching what I'm doing ever. <laughs> I turned my Google Mini off because I didn't want Google to <laughs> hear me to, yeah, talking. You got to worry dog. about people astral projecting and then remote oh, viewing you. God, no. You know, and of course they would end up going to advertisers who would use it to see what we're buying and stuff like that. So, so that's interesting though, because the the guy who claimed to be seeing the beings on Mars or whatever, the being saw him and was confused by it. Yeah. And I'm like, is that what, is that what ghosts, ghosts are? Possibly. Like if someone were remote viewing me, would I see if, them was someone or remote, hear If them? somebody was remote viewing you and I at the school, maybe those were the sounds we heard. Right. So that's, I don't know. That's a mind blower. Yeah, actually. that is. So I don't know. Don't think too hard about that. <laughs> so that that is remote viewing. Let us know what you guys think. Weird. What do you think of that episode? Do you think that was okay? I think it was good. Okay. We've always wanted to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, like I said, I wasn't researching. It wasn't what I expected it to be, but in some ways it was more than I expected it mm-hmm. to be. So I don't know. I we had, They got to get on that tapper, uh, temporary tattoo craze so I don't have to wear clothes <laughs> anymore and I can just have... Would you tattoo the? I don't know. Like, how is that? How is that going to cover your your frank and beans? You know, your dangly bits. Your dangly bits. How is that going to work? <laughs> I, just I just don't know. get it. I don't get it. But you know, when somebody, I'm not going to say the person's name because I don't want to slander them. But we talked about them. And it's like when somebody starts selling stuff, that's yeah, always a big totally. red flag to totally. me. Totally. Especially <laughs> remote viewing the lottery. You yeah. know, it's preying on people. Totally. So, preying on people's So let us know um, naivety. people's naivete and weaknesses. Yes, so exactly. let us know what you guys think. Remote viewing, yay or nay? Please do not remote view Krista and I in the studio. Or when I'm like getting dressed or <laughs> taking a now, shower. I wasn't going to go there, but you went there. So now that's in everybody's mind. Oh, now if you start showering, you hear weird stuff. You're going to like, you're going to stop showering. Well, no, I'll keep showering. So, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Remote viewing fascinating and weird yeah and creepy and creepy so question yeah question should i read two jokes a pickle joke and a laugh out loud jokes for kids okay we'll start with a pickle joke oh boy these are so every week (laughs) these are so dumb dumb. (laughs) i'm waiting for you to get to one that you're like this is brilliant i don't think that's gonna happen we're halfway through this book and that hasn't yet happened yet there are going to be so many memes made now of you taking a shower and like somebody remote viewing. Great. <laughs> something. Well, as long as it's not me, a picture of me in the shower in the meme, I'm okay with that. No, I wouldn't send that to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording from my house now. If I see a flashing red light in my bathroom. Oh, I snorted. You made me oh, no. snort. You made me oh, snort. No. Okay, go on with the joke. Okay, did Emily, I hope I didn't read this one. 
Did Emily Post say it is proper to eat pickles with the fingers? How else would you eat them? No, she says pickles should be eaten separately. So if you're going to consume <laughs> fingers and pickles, you're not supposed to eat them together. That's so dumb. Yes. I'm not even reading another one. You're, you're done. Let's move on to laugh out loud jokes for kids. Why did the invisible man turn down a job offer? <laughs> he just couldn't see himself. Doing oh my it. god. That's no that's, that's funny. Way better than the that pickle is funny. <laughs> that's cute. Okay, wow. That at least made sense. There's a lot of questions. I mean, really? Somebody yeah, there's like twenty more questions Holy now crap. than we used to have. So somebody thank you. Thank you guys. Or one person was just like, oh, I'm sick of hearing them complain about not having questions. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. So do you stay logged in now so you don't have to remember how, your... How did somebody even... What? This question sent in by Anonymous. Watch thousands of hours of real people naked having sex live on a webcam 24-7, dating <laughs> chat and broadcast free. Uh <laughs> Send me that question mark. You can send me that link personally, viewer, <laughs> listener. That's what all of them are going to be probably is spam. This is a good question from Anonymous. It's an actual question. Wow. We got two good questions. Okay, I'm ready. Wow. I don't know who asked these, but these are both really good questions. Like philosophical I'm questions. Now. Question number one. If all your memories were erased, what kind of person would you be? <laughs> wow I don't that's like delving into how much our experiences make up who we are which is everything yeah I think I think I'm an innately good person I do too. I don't yeah, think yeah I don't think erasing all my memories would change that mm -mm. because I feel like that is our in, it's like in our DNA. That's part of who we are. And I think Chris and I are very similar that way, mm -hmm. where we are just innately good people. Yeah, we have a pretty strong moral compass. Yeah. But is that moral compass created by things that have happened in our past? I mean, that's a really good question. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think it's just our nature. I think I would maybe be more adventurous and more brave than I oh, am. Oh, I would too, because I wouldn't have... You wouldn't have those past experiences yes. to stop you from yeah. wanting to re-experience things yeah. you've been through. Yeah. I think it would almost be a good thing. Like, I don't want to lose my memories because those are some of my favorite things, but I do think it would make me more adventurous and have less fear about doing I think things. the same. I think it would. I think it would make me happier. Not that my past memories are all bad, but I think I dwell on them. And I mm -hmm. think that's where a lot of my... You and I are overthinkers. Yes. And Everybody that knows is, me knows I'm an overthinker. Part of that is past experience. Yes. Where if we didn't have that... We'd have nothing to overthink about. Yes. That's a really good <laughs> oh. question. Yeah. I think I would wow. be... I, I do think Chris and I are both inherently good. Mm -hmm. And I think that would not change. Agreed. That's a really good question. Good to know they're not all porn spam <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> next question another head scratcher he another Not head scratcher but deep okay if humanity was put on trial by an advanced race of aliens how would you defend humanity and argue for its continued existence oh. that's like q from star trek like the like q that was like the whole thing is that he wanted us to defend our existence hmm. <clears throat> i think At, 
Go okay, ahead. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think the first thing I would say is don't watch the news and no, try to no, understand that no, that's what we're no, about. No. Because all they do is broadcast all the bad stuff that's yeah. happening. There's an, a lot of really beautiful, amazing things happening yes. in the world. It's just not on the news. Yeah. Like I, I what oh, I was going to say was humanity. that Thursday night I stayed at school later because I had my geocaching club at like 3.30 and that usually lasts like half where my students come in virtually and I'm running them through like finding something I hit under a light pole there at school. Mm, yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm talking with them and stuff and I didn't want to drive home at three because then I didn't know if I'd be on the computer. So I just hung out at school till... 3.30 and this sounds really dumb and I wasn't even going to say this to anybody but like one of my favorite things ever and I don't know why when I'm sitting in that room you know like after the meeting got done it was like four or a little after four and I'm sitting there and the sun's coming in through the window and, and it's like orange you know on the on the ground it's just to me that's like the most peaceful mm. time mm-hmm. like there's something about being in a school late afternoon the sun coming in it's quiet so maybe that put me in a good mood and I was reflective. But when I drove home, it was starting to get dark, you know, just starting to go down. The sun was just starting to go down. And I was thinking about all the crap going on on the news and in the world. And I went past Citizen Park and there were just tons of families with their kids, like on the slides and on the teeter-totters and on the, they have like a pulley thing, like a swing and like families laughing and the kids having fun. And it's like, God, I got to remember that this is the world, not mm-hmm. not what yeah. not what is shown on the news. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them to do like, like go to a park where there's like a family, mm-hmm. you know, watch families in the park and watch people out in a cemetery, you know, watch people like visiting their their loved ones. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's the little things like that that would give us. They're not newsworthy. No, but so. I think it's things like that that would give us a reason to continue. Like the little things, like the day-to-day right. goodness. And the little things that people, the small steps people are taking as individuals to make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's so much good in the world and we just don't see that because right. the news doesn't want us to see that because it doesn't sell. Right. You know? So I, that's like seeing the kids in the park when I drove by with the sun going down, it's like, Wow you know, things aren't as bad as they seem. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was, it what I, is what I would tell them. Like, go look at something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, look at, like I said, a cemetery where somebody's visiting their loved ones. Look at a, you know, look at a dad teaching his son to ride a bike for the first time. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not uh, the stuff you see on the news. Right. Yeah. People are that's, doing beautiful that's kind of my answer. things every day yeah. that. I would not tell them something extravagant. I would say, just go look at people's day-to-day lives. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I, I would agree. say. I agree. But that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Jeez, you guys, coming through with the good ones, and now we have like twenty ones. more. So Sweet. we are good for. Their... We'll be set for season five. <laughs> yes, Do you have a we song will. recommendation? I don't. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> you go first. Okay. So mine, uh, when we Jim and I were driving back from the studio on Tuesday, the old studio, the school, the school. This song came on the radio and I was like, how have neither one of us suggested this one yet? But it's the opening song to one of our favorite movies. Oh, Sweet Emotion? Yes. Yep. By Aerosmith. <laughs> yes. And that yeah. came on and I'm like, oh, I have to do Sweet yes. Emotion. That, just uh, that beginning. I am, I am not an Aerosmith fan. I'm not really 
a huge fan like, of I think them either. I kind of think they're overrated, and that's going to get us bad ratings, like I'm sure, on really iTunes that I say they're stuff. a little overrated. Yeah. But that is a good song. Yeah. That is... And it's like, like the cars, pulling like you into said, the I am always going to associate and, the beginning yeah. of that song to the cars pulling into the high school parking lot. And it's so cool. They're all muscle cars. Yeah. It's like seventies like, muscle cars, yeah. but that's just a flat out good song. Even without that Every movie. Every time I hear it, I grin. Yeah. Even without, but that's just a good song. So I am 100% on board with that. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, in there. I am just going to pick this one because. Did you get a new phone? Is that a new yeah, iPhone? Yeah, it's a new, it's it a new iPhone. It has the three it. cameras. Yep. So you should be taking super high quality photos yeah. of us from now on. My old one is hidden up there outside your shower now. <laughs> <laughs> so you crawled into our attic? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was pretty Seems sneaky. like a lot of effort. <laughs> it was a lot of effort. Um, 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 hang on. I can't remember his name now. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, driving home the other day from school and I know I get I get uh, accused of having slow songs but this is another kind of slowish song but I know this is like one of Sophie's favorite singers and I don't remember how I stumbled across this song but this is like legitimately one of my favorite songs and it is the song Dogs by the singer Damien Rice I know the name and it's just like like I associate songs Lucy, <laughs> my dog just barked, barked when I said dogs <laughs> that's funny uh, and she hasn't really barked this whole time like, that's kind of funny to me one of the lyrics in there is about the morning sun but to me this is a morning song okay. like there's something about the music the imagery in the song it's a morning song uh, and when I used to go for like walks or when back when I was running in the morning this would come on and, you know the sun's coming up and it's just such a good pretty morning song hmm. and that's really all i have to say about it. i love okay. the song it is the song dogs by damien rice nice yep and i think that's it um i did want to mention that my goal is to get the mugs mailed before christmas <laughs> I forgot about the mugs <laughs> i haven't we have all the materials now we're ready to go i just need to sync up all the payment stuff um and I'm also looking into a website where we can do on-demand ordering for merchandise where people just go there. And we still got to figure out what we're going to do with our website where our old episodes are getting deleted as we put up. <laughs> I'm going to, um, Joe and I are going to sit down or talk with his brother, Nick, who who run, kind of runs our website and owns the server just that we're on. I think it's just a storage okay. issue. So I'm going to remote view to see how that goes in the future. Yeah. <laughs> we're on spotify and we do have some people yes we are on, on spotify there. now yeah. so that is awesome thank you krista for getting us on there yeah, I, I was at home out. one day watching tv laying on the couch and all of a sudden i got an email pop-up saying something about spotify and i'm like oh krista must be getting us on spotify <laughs> yep krista says she doesn't do much for the podcast but she does all the stuff that is like behind the scenes Anybody. I'm just a schlub that a sits on my computer. Do what I do. I'm just a schlub that sits oh, on my computer and looks up. You know, create all the content and you know. You one of my uh, do that. my teacher, Mr. Henry, the one that I always sit in his class, was talking with him yesterday virtually about doing the podcast. And he asked me like how I research and when I research, and I said I wake up at like four, so usually like four thirty, five o'clock till seven a.m. is when I research. And I said, it's weird because like he's a social studies teacher. And I said, I go from researching remote viewing, Bigfoot, ghosts, right into like sixth grade social studies and stuff. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like a weird, yeah. like a weird combo. But our deets, you can, I forgot all about Spotify, that we are on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Man, we're getting big. 
hope we have like eight <laughs> followers. So okay, don't get still. too excited. Okay. You can email us at the strange sessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at strange session without the final S. Krista does an awesome job on Instagram at the strange sessions. You can send us postcards and stale mail to the strange sessions, PO box four, three, four Manitowoc, Wisconsin, five, four, two, two, one dash zero, four, three, four. And you can call our lonely little phone line at nine, two, oh, four, four, three, 96, oh, two. Yeah. We haven't had a voicemail. Not since our, um, was it dash and dash? He left the last, it was just dash. I think was the last one to send us a, because they stayed in a haunted hotel. Yeah. I think that was the last one we got. Okay. So Our there you go. Little hotline. It gets pretty busy when we do a listener yes. submissions yes. episode. But yes. <clears throat> so what do you think? First episode from the new the new studio? Uh, I think it studio? was a success. I think it was a success. I really do like the new studio. Me too. It's cozy down It's here. very cozy down I'm here. I'm a little cold, but that's me. I'm yeah, she's cold. cold everywhere. I'll just go get a blanket or something. But I think that is it. And I think we have two more episodes left this season, and then we'll wrap up season four of The Strain Sessions. That is crazy. So, I I can't even say old school media studio anymore, so this is weird. We have to come up with a name for yes. our studio, and maybe our strangers can help us come up yeah, with a name if, for Yeah, the definitely. If you guys would like to help us name the new studio... That would be amazing. That would be amazing. We'll even get like a banner made, like the old <laughs> yes. school media one that yes. was... Yes, yeah, that was hanging up down there. Ooh, I like it. We have a challenge for Yes, come up with a name for our studio, but from now... Uh, from Krista and Kurt in Krista's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, stay Stay strange. strange.